Welcome to Dare a New Belief, a place to discover what is possible for your life after the loss of a loved one, and where you will find inspiration, insight, support, and love, and hopefully a bit of laughter to help you through the day. Now here's your host, Nada Hogan. Welcome to Dare a New Belief, where you will find light and life, love and joy, healing, faith, and hope, a place where you get to believe in what is possible for your life. Today, I have the great honor to be joined with Suzanne V-Shirt with a T, and Suzanne comes to us from England, so it's late for her, and I am so grateful for this opportunity for us to be able to be on this podcast together, connecting here, and Suzanne is a stress and anxiety specialist. She's an international best-selling author, and she has a list of other things that she does. So I'm going to let Suzanne introduce herself with all of the things that she does, but I just have to add this in because we were talking about this right before the show and it's hilarious. It cracks me up. So last night, Suzanne, because of the time difference of the United States and England, had the computer in bed with her looking over what she needed to have for the podcast today and was falling asleep with me in bed. And I'm over here in the United States and I was in my home office doing acupuncture. So we were having this virtual going to bed with Suzanne while I was still up in the United States doing work. So it's kind of just a little inside funny joke. And I just wanted to hopefully get a little giggle out of you too, that Suzanne had taken me to bed last night and fallen asleep on me. So, <laughs> so Suzanne, welcome to Dare a New Belief. And if you could please share with the listeners what it is that you do because you have done so much and your story is just so inspiring and just full of information. And I would love for the listeners to know a little bit more about you and what it is that you do. Oh, thank you so much, Nada. What a fantastic introduction. <laughs> <laughs> my, my virtual bed partner. <laughs> yes, ab absolutely. And I wouldn't normally fall asleep. <laughs> well, I could have been boring last night too. <laughs> Sorry. Suzanne, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, not at all. It really was. It's quite funny. If somebody had been in the room with a camera, I think they would have really, you know, it could have gone onto a comedy show, but there you go. <laughs> it, it was absolutely late, but I didn't want to mess things up um, with regard to today. So there I was, you know, answering and doing my message writing and realized at some point that I'd fallen asleep and then woken up again and thought, I need to finish writing this message. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. oh, I love it. I oh, love it. gosh. So, um, wow. Yes. Stress and anxiety. Those are the main focuses I have today in helping people, those who are uh, stuck in that hamster wheel of, of stress, anxiety, burnout even, and um, toxic relationships. But it didn't start off like that, Nada. I originally started as a complementary health practitioner. And that was because at the time, 
my son, who was very little, who was just four years old, was suffering very badly from asthma and eczema. And I was just, I was a mom looking for how I could help my family. And it all started with nutrition. And I had a, a, um, a liquid mineral supplement that a friend recommended and the difference that made within a relatively short time was mind-boggling to me you know I didn't know anything about the influences of nutrition at the time uh, but that's how I got interested and I studied nutrition and from there I went into energy medicine because mm. I was really intrigued uh, a friend had invited me to take part in a Reiki session and it it was so wonderful of course again my interest was taken and I thought okay I need to check this out and so and that's how I began to build things so from nutrition I went into Reiki that led me into bioenergetics and you know bio of course means life and everything was about energy and I loved this whole idea about being able to increase energy not just for myself and my family and to, to help them to heal but after a while I thought well if I can do this on the home front I must be able to help more people as well. And that's how Energize Me started off in the first place. And I just loved being able to help people to re-energize themselves. You know, those who were in that place of being sick and tired of being sick and tired and, you know, having one ailment after another and just not knowing how to get themselves into a healthier and more energized place. Right, right. So that's how Energize Me started off then was through this whole, like beginning as the complementary health practitioner, and then moving into the Reiki. That was how Energize Me started your business? Yes, yes, okay. absolutely. It was all initially to do with the family, and it just sort of expanded from there. And uh, and I, I ran a home practice. Eventually, I, you know, hired a, a practice in an office outside of the home and started to treat people with nutritional consultation or Reiki. And after that is when I then decided I needed to do more because I also became aware of how much the mind is involved mm. in things <laughs> and mm -hmm. how we often how we talk ourselves into situations and and I thought you know maybe there's something more to this as well you know we've all um we all know that or we've let's just say we've heard people say oh it's mind over matter but I always felt that there was more to it than that that it wasn't just mind over matter that there had to be something on the inside that then influenced everything too. Oh, yes. I love that. So can you tell us a little bit about that? So, so this piece that's on the inside that's influencing everything else. And as soon as you get done with that, I want to swing back on your son because I want to find out what happened with him with the asthma and the eczema. So if you can talk about this mind and how you're talking about more of what's happening on the inside, can you speak to that? 
Absolutely. Well, um, after a few years, I was invited to one of these sort of transformational weekends, a breakthrough to success weekend uh, with Christopher Howard. I don't know whether you've ever heard of him, but uh, it, during that weekend, that is when I found out about NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. And I thought, oh, hang on a second. This, this is something that connected me to what's going on inside on a neurological basis. This was how I was beginning to understand how the mind worked, how language worked, and how our communication with others could be affected by not just the way we spoke, but by our body language, by what we gave off in energy, and how we were connecting to to others and to everything around us and how that influenced our results then of course right so that's where i and also i've always been a person who was very intuitive and i also followed my heart (laughs) so everything heart centered was important to me I used to call myself just an emotional person but you know that's okay because it's our emotions that actually make the difference it's when we begin to understand them and how we can influence them that we can really begin to make a difference in the world that is around us for ourselves because it all comes from the inside first and how our mind works with that. Right, right, absolutely. And don't you find too, Suzanne, at least I find this for myself, that if I'm going along and I'm just having a wonderful day, everything is just perfect. And all of a sudden it's like, boom, you just have this thing like, God, I'm just irritated right now. I am just completely irritated. What is going on? That it's just an old memory that something, a smell, a sound, a bird, a a something triggered something inside of us and brought up that thing that needs to be replaced and repatterned. Do you find that happening in your life? Is that what you're speaking to is the stuff that gets stuck inside of us and how to release that and and free yourself from that. So you can understand that emotion that's coming up because that seems to happen so often where people will just say, oh, I'm just in such a bad mood. And and it's like, how long have you been in a bad mood for? And then they think about it's like about three weeks. It's like, really? Like what happened three weeks ago? So it can be triggered by something. And if we don't even recognize it, we don't even realize that we've gone not just days down the road, but weeks down the road, being in such a bad vibration and it's such a bad mood. Is that how you're speaking to this? Absolutely, okay. Nada. Yeah. You've, you've really, you know, hit the nail on the head there. Because you see, the thing is, and this is one of the, the things that NLP teaches us, that as we grow up, you know, we are influenced by so many different things, initially by our um our parents, our caregivers, and we begin to uh, create filters for ourselves that help us to um, form our beliefs, our attitudes, our values. And these are all memories from things and events, some very significant events that happen throughout life. I mean, even, you know, if you think of when you were a little child and your first day at school, yeah, that could have been fantastic, but it could have also been really traumatizing. And at some point, you will have locked that in 
to that subconscious mind, uh, perhaps at a later date, but it will have been locked in because it was an emotional event. And so the cells absorbed all of that. And, and this shows in how we respond to things later on in life. And I mean, there is um, a quote which I've written myself, uh, if I may just read it out yes. uh, for you. Please. And this is how I see it, that it, it is in the thoughts we have absorbed and the depths of our subconscious mind where our soul connects and governs the vibrations and energy of our being that manifests our experiences. Let go of that which doesn't serve you and allow your creative imagination to bring joy and gratitude into your heart and magic into your life. Now, the thing with that is, if you don't know how to let go, if you don't know that it's there in the first place, then how are you to know what to look for, right? Right. And when we have reached adulthood, we have layers upon layers of experiences, um, good, bad, you know, that whole combination of things that makes up who we are today. But if we don't fix, and I use the word fix um, lightly in this, in this instance, if we don't fix it so that we can let go of those old things, then it's difficult for us to move on. So what I mean by fix is actually to be able to get in touch with what was and understand through processes like forgiveness, for instance, mm. going through a process of forgiveness, we can begin to unravel and let go of things. And Energy work helps in that instance. NLP processes help in those instances. We have processes, things like pattern interrupt or being able to deal with uh, limited beliefs or negative emotions which no longer serve us. So we all experience emotions such as um, anger, frustration, sadness, hurt. Now, it's not to get rid of them so you never experience them anymore. Right. It's what you are getting rid of is the negative association. So you no longer feel tied to those events. So that when you are walking down the road and you see something that might otherwise trigger an old memory, you might see it, acknowledge it, but that negative association no longer has a negative impact on you. And that's how processes like forgiving and letting go can really, really help. And that, that is an NLP process, um, being able to, um, you know, stamp out those negative associations is an NLP process. And I use these in, um, in some of the coaching work that I do. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So Suzanne, what do you say to people who suspect, because I say that we all have a knower inside of us, that we know when something is off with us, or we know when things are like just great, things are just great. Like I'm doing everything I'm doing is on purpose and it's meaningful and, and this just feels so good to me. And then there's times it's like, something's missing, something is off track here. 
what do you say to people who know that something is off track? I, I can't really put my finger on it, but I just know something is amiss here, but I don't know how to get in touch with that thing. What do you suggest? Is there some kind of like, if I said home remedy, is there something that somebody can do at home or is it best for them to contact? I really know nothing about NLP. You were the first one that really spoke to me about NLP, but is there a way you can do something at home or is it better to contact a practitioner or somebody who understands the energetics to really work through that with that person? Well, there are lots of things that you can do for yourself to, to begin the process. It really depends on how much trauma a person has had in their life, for instance. Okay. Um, one of the things that I advocate and, and I teach, and it, it might even sound, I don't want to sound presumptuous, presumptuous in any way, um, but one of the things I teach is gratitude. Mm. Now, somebody might think, well, you know, anybody can just say their thank yous every day, but actually it's much more than that. It's about learning how to become through gratitude to a place of enlightenment so that when you wake up in the morning even if the initial thought is oh I just want to turn around and go back to sleep actually something triggers within you that enables you to suddenly notice what's good around you so practicing something like gratitude on a regular basis throughout the day so that you begin to notice so that you are in that present moment is a first step I would say to helping yourself get rid of certain associations. Now those that are really deeply set will require the assistance of somebody and don't ever be afraid to ask for help. I've gone through things myself in life. There have been many times I've, I've gone through adversity and I've suffered things like bullying. Mm. And this, this was at times when I didn't really know how to deal with it. Yeah. And I, I neither knew that actually there was something that was not sitting right within me that was allowing this to happen in my life. So, you asked me earlier, you know, what happened with my, my son, for instance. Yeah. Now, he really, he made almost like a, a, re, a miraculous recovery. So we treated him with nutrition and also energy medicine. And within a year, he was off his asthma medication completely. Wow. And his eczema had disappeared within a few months. Wow. Now, I knew that that at the time that was mostly to do with the nutrition, but it was also to do with things improving on, uh, on the home front where, you know, we, every family goes through ups and downs and, you know, the children always absorb things, don't they? Yes. So we don't know where we are with our upbringing as to what influenced <laughs> which symptom later on in life. I had things come up for myself, which I only actually found out in recent times, dated all the way back to when I was a young child and we fleed a war. And I had no idea 
that some of the emotions which I have been feeling and some of the areas in my life where I had been holding myself back had something to do with negative associations that I had absorbed as a young child from moving, fleeing the country, moving house, moving to another country, then again another country, and all of the things that my parents were going through at that time and the things that I absorbed. And it all makes sense that later on in life, when you think, okay, why am I holding myself back in this area? This doesn't make any sense to me. And then through the help of an EFT practitioner, who I had myself, I was able to unlock things that had settled themselves within those deep, deep layers. And this is where it then helps to have a practitioner. This is where if you feel that you're in a place where you've tried everything yourself and you've made it to a certain point and then you've just hit that brick wall and you think, okay, why is this not helping? It's like, I've, you know, I've checked every box here and yet I still keep coming back to that. I still keep repeating certain patterns. Mm. This is where it then helps for you to be able to get some help, seek the help that you need so that you can actually unlock those things that are in those deep, deep layers. A little bit like, I'm sure you've heard of the expression, you know, it's like going through the layers of an onion. You know, you've got to peel away. And, um, and this is where that quote comes from, where I talk about, you know, the thoughts that we've absorbed and that are, you know, in the depths of our subconscious mind. And that's how the NLP helps. That's how um, even Reiki energy helps, the bioenergetics, and things like EFT. Do you know what EFT is, Nada? I do know EFT, and it's kind of funny because the first time I heard it, as you know, I do acupuncture also. Yes. And so a friend of mine was telling me about EFT, and she was saying, you know, you tap on these acu... I believe she called it acupuncture points. And I immediately was like, wait a second, you are in my industry. What are you talking about? And, and, and she's telling me about it. And, and I just wanted to find everything wrong with what she was saying. And I had, and she was a really good friend of mine. It's like, what is wrong with me? And I'm telling her, they're not called acupuncture points unless you're puncturing. So these are called yes. acupressure points. And I thought, what the hell happened to me? Why did I turn into this vicious person? So exactly what you're just talking about, how we have these things locked in our cells and we don't even realize. And it's like, wait, I am the expert in the acupuncture field and you are not. So you cannot be coming to me, talking yes. to me about acupuncture. And I really had to sit down and look at myself and say, what was that covering up for all of these years that I have to be the know-all in this area, which of course, right? No, I'm not. I don't have <laughs> generations of acupuncture handed down to me. I went to school and I studied it and I got my degree, but I mean, it's not this generational thing. So I do know what EFT, I actually got really involved in EFT. It is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Yes. It works very, very well. And, and that I do have experience with. I just, I don't with the NLP at all, but I'm sorry, Suzanne. I just, I had to throw that in because I just thought, oh man, bless her heart. I felt really bad for just kind of attacking her when she said acupuncture. <laughs> it's not acupuncture. You're not puncturing anything. <laughs> No, that, that's great. But that is a great example, Nada. Yes. You know, it, 
these things do come up and, and you think, where did that come from? But you can use things that have uh, settled in that subconscious mind also sometimes give you a positive um, tool, shall we say. Yeah. Because this is where also intuition comes into play. Yeah. And you were, you know, you were saying earlier on about sometimes you get that feeling and you don't know and should you do something or, and I truly believe it's because we have all these layers of experience which have settled themselves in a neurological way into those cells through those neurons and our nervous central nervous system and by the way our heart because we know that the heart is another brain don't we yes yes so and because everything is so in the system that i mean i'm talking not just on a on a body level but it's body mind and spirit right the three work together. And so this is where our intuition then can help us from things that we've experienced in the past. And so when we do have a, a repeating pattern, you can say, okay, hang on a second. I have felt this feeling before. When was that feeling? What happened at that time? And that can help you to identify certain patterns of behavior that you realize that you have adopted and this is where you can then seek help say what can i do to change that behavior so neurological behavior repatterning is something i love to help people do and that's part of the nlp nlp as well so that's really great there are so many different ways that are possible to transform the cells in the body on a neurological level, not just through NLP, but through other energy methods as well. And Reiki can help you. And there's one other way, which I think you know about, uh, Nada, because it's something that came about out of the blue. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely out of the blue, as we say. And, you know, there's that creative side as well. Yes. Absolutely. And I want to talk into that. And I have to make sure that I touch on this because I have a vague memory of this. And I don't know why we've never spoken of this before, but you said as a child, your parents had to flee a war. Is that correct? Did I hear you correct on that? Yes. Yes. I was with them. I was um, five and a half five and a half years old. At the time, we lived in northern Cyprus. And uh, it was the, the, the first war that broke out uh, between the Turks and the Greeks. Wow. And we had to flee. My mother was highly pregnant with my brother. And she wanted to go home to um, Germany. She was very afraid that we would, you know, we wouldn't make it. And so we fled. Mm. We, we fled. So it was, yes, so my, my father, my mother and myself, and we went from Cyprus to Germany and moved in with my, uh, my grandparents, my mother's mother in a little flat, or you'd call it an apartment, right? Yeah. Just a two bedroom apartment. And there we were all together. And then later on, we, we left again, just as we were 
settling in Germany, my father's family um, asked my father to move to London because they were okay. And in the meantime, things had changed and they had become better. But um, the family decided to open up an extension of their family business and they wanted my father to go to London. And that was how we ended up here in London, in actual fact. Wow. Wow. So how old were you? It's so funny because I have just as vague memory of you saying something about that. And to me, you've just always lived in England all of your life because you're you live right outside of London is that correct that's right just just outside northwest London I'm I'm still on the tube <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on the as, as they call it they um the met line I'm on the met line the metropolitan line sort of more or less just at, at the end but it enables me still to get into London um easily which is great but I'm also on the cusp of the countryside so I have some beautiful woodland around mm. me and canal system and some lakes. It's really lovely, actually. Right. Well, it's funny because I've seen your pictures and on Facebook, especially, and it's just like, you have much better weather than we do in Minnesota and especially this time of year. And I thought in my head, I have always thought I don't want to go to England because every picture I've ever seen, it's rainy, it's gloomy, it's cold. And yet I see your pictures and it's like, you can't possibly live in England because it's blue skies, these beautiful wooded <laughs> areas, these flowers, these, like you were showing a picture of strawberries that are, they're not red yet, but there's strawberries on your plant. It's like, you're kidding. It is so cold here still in the middle of May. We have hardly anything. The trees just really started blooming. I thought, Okay, so this is a limiting belief that I have about England. Did not really, I, I really never, right? It's just that little bit of belief. And I think that's so much of what you speak about is, and especially when we're young and we take that little bit of information and it's a tiny little seed, let's just say it's a little grain of sand. And yet in our mind, it becomes all of the sand that's on the ocean beach. That it's just this little thing is this huge thing. And that is not the truth of the matter at all. And how, when we go through our life, looking through those lenses that are distorted, just like me looking at England saying, you know, well, it's cold and rainy and gloomy there all of the time. And it's like proof positive. No, it's not. But those were the lenses that I always look through. And we tend to do that with all of our life. I think that, right, it's, it's the only lens we know until we become aware that there's other sets of lenses that you can put on and you can look at things completely differently and then realize, like me and England, I was coming from not the truth like maybe two or three or five or a hundred pictures that I saw of England believing that's just how it is. Gloomy, gray, huge, too many people. I'm not a huge fan of big cities, but <laughs> you know what I mean? And so how many other places in our life, how many other areas in our life are we looking through life through these lenses that are distorted? Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, the thing about England, Nader, is one thing that you can absolutely guarantee is that the weather is always very variable. So we could literally go from, I mean, right now, our weather is beautiful this week. So we're up to sort of like 18, 19, 20 degrees centigrade this week. It, it's feeling like summer. Mm. Uh, but next week, uh, it could be freezing again. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, we, we could definitely have those clouds and, and the rain and, and you just don't know and, and you never know what, what to wear because it can just change from day to day. But with regard to, you know, seeing things through, um, through those types of glasses, yes, absolutely. And that is part of our upbringing because we often take on the persona of somebody else we often to take on the beliefs of somebody else only because it's what we've been presented with and we don't know any different it's only until our perspective um, begins to change through others showing us a new way of looking at things that we then start to question things more awareness is the first place it, it's the first thing that that begins change for for all of us mm -hmm. and as we begin to raise that awareness we become more and more inquisitive we look for new answers and it's a little bit like you know one of the games that i play with when i when i do a, a training a program with uh, within the workplace for instance we do some games to to make it fun because it can get very serious otherwise As, you know subjects like stress and anxiety depression they they can be depressing subjects but if you can change perspective by giving some fun tools and techniques to use like hit the pause button if you're having a panic attack i'm sure you've heard of that one nada right. um but also things like just take a, the number six now depending on which end you're looking at it you can be right on both counts mm -hmm. so you've got one person standing in front of a number six arguing the point that that is a number six you've got someone opposite them saying oh no it's not this is a number nine. And this is how we are with opinions, with the way we view things in life, with what we see around us, because we can only see things from our own perspective. But as our awareness increases to what is in our periphery and all that we can absorb from that, we begin to see things with a new light around we begin to understand things from a perspective that enables us to see from the inside out and not just from the outside in wow i love that a new perspective from the inside out and isn't that amazing how it can be the exact same situation event circumstance but we have this innate ability this gift to be able to look at it completely differently from a completely different perspective and how you, I love how you say it from the inside out. It will change how you feel inside. It literally would change your blood pressure. It would change the immune response inside of your, your body. It changes the telomeres, the, the little endings on our DNA. So every time that they divide, we're losing more and more of those telomeres. And so it helps with the anti-aging inside of our, our own body, not the you know, skin aging that we're talking about, but the, the internal aging of our system. And, and it's just from changing the way we look at that. And does anybody ever, because occasionally I'll hear somebody say, 
Well, it sounds to me, Nada, like you're just trying to put on these rose-colored glass glasses and say, oh, everything in my world is just beautiful. And it's like, no, nothing is further than the truth. I recognize the event, the circumstance, the issue that's in front of me. I completely recognize that. But I refuse to go to this place of a low vibration and say, oh, poor me, or the world is so screwed up and it's never going to get any better and this just keeps getting worse. And, and what's the expression that everybody says? That, you know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. And, and, and I heard one of my mentors say, and I love this, it's like, what in the hell does that even mean? I don't even understand what that meant to begin with. But, but we will repeat other people's phrases and we stay stuck in that. And it's like, no, I understand that there is. So if somebody was just talking about world events, I understand that there's stuff going on that we would never wish in a million years, that there's people being horribly cruel and horrific crimes happening to other people. And at the same time, there are so many beautiful, wonderful, loving, kind, thoughtful things that are happening. And I believe that there's a lot more of the good happening than there is the bad. So it's a matter of if you can shift your perspective, if you can look at this from a different light. And a mentor that we both have in common, Mary Morrissey, where how can you pull the good out of this situation? Because and no matter what the situation is, there's always some kind of a good. So how is it that we can harvest the good from that situation? Yes, absolutely. Well, because it comes down to focus. And, you know, once we understand that that in itself is energy, when you truly understand that what you think about does really become something, this is where, you know, I encourage people to say, get excited. Because as you become aware of your thoughts more, you will also become aware how those thoughts impact you on a physical level. So where that anxiety is, for instance, you can, you can choose to bring something else in. You can distract yourself. Distraction is hugely important when it comes to anxiety. You can start to look around, count some things within your environment take a few deep breaths, imagine a big remote control with a huge pause button on it, change the channel. You can do all sorts of things to distract that mind and notice how the energy within you, that is that electricity, because after all, we are electrical beings, right? Yes. Um, how that starts to change. This is the science behind it. Because we are electrical beings, because we are, you know, working on a vibration all of the time connected to other things. It's our thoughts that govern that, that create those pictures. Then does this toggle, you know, you'll have a picture and that will create a thought and then back and forth with that. So if you then begin to focus on what is good, and even if it is just something really simple. So you could initially wake up in the morning with a headache. Okay. Some people, you know, I, my goodness, I've woken up many times in my life with a migraine headache. But if I just focus on the pain, I know that pain is going to get worse. If I start to focus on how good my pillow feels as I sink my head further in and say, I'm going to nuzzle my nose into my pillow a little bit more or, you know, really feel the comfort 
of what is around me and then search for something that I know is going to shift my mood in some way whilst I do something else to help me. So for instance, I always have a glass of water by my bedside. So I know that drinking water will help that headache as well. Okay. But shifting the focus and then really allowing my feelings to be stirred by that. It's in the allowing the awareness and the concentration on something different that we then will begin to change those feelings that we have that follow, that help our mood shift, that help release the tension in the body. Now, sometimes we're in a lot of pain and it has to be assisted in some way. And I know all about that as well. I've had slipped discs more than once in my life. <laughs> so, you know, we all go through different periods in life where sometimes we have, you know, an acute situation that needs to be dealt with. But as we approach the depression that we may have had, the stress, the anxiety, and we begin to change that focus and learn of new ways of dealing with it. And gratitude is one of them. Yeah. We begin to notice the accumulative effect that that has. And remember, everything is a matter of accumulation. And there is never ever one thing that will cure something. It's usually when you get ill, it's an accumulation of things that have been going on. And also when you get better, that is an accumulation. So it's the consistency that makes the difference. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, completely, completely. Oh, I love that. I love that. So Suzanne, you have spoken of gratitude a couple of different times. Do you have a simple something that the listeners can use today right away, like a simple gratitude practice that they could start implementing into their life. And if they're driving and listening to this, if there's a writing portion, of course, don't write while you're driving, but just have to have that caution out there. But is there something that, that they can implement right now today that you use uh, with your clients or you use for yourself that's all about the gratitude? Yes. I mean, the, I would say the very first thing is just be, become aware of your, your breathing and your body. Because, you know, if you're driving and you're listening to this, first of all, be thankful for the fact that you can listen in whilst you are driving. Those are multiple skills right here. There are many people who don't have the sense of hearing. There are many people who aren't able to drive a car. And this is not about, you know, focusing on, well, so-and-so has this and so-and-so doesn't, but it is about getting into that present moment. And as you are driving, if that's what you are doing, begin to notice more of what's around you whilst you are looking ahead. Because a good driver always has to be aware of what is in his or her periphery, his or her peripheral vision. 
because that's what enables us to um, be able to, you know, act on impulse when something does come in from the side or, or, you know, if we're faced with something that we don't expect in front of us, you know, as we're driving. But whilst we are in, whether it is in the car or whether you're in the office, just begin to notice what is in front of you that actually brings you pleasure. What is it that you can do with your body that will help you to really feel good. You might be on a journey of uh, changing your figure, okay? In fact, I'm at the moment undergoing a greater health and fitness program because I've got something, a very special holiday to go on uh, late in the summer and I've got to be able to climb, uh, do a bit of climbing on a mountain. Mm. And so I'm very much aware that I need to get fitter for that and also to be able to handle trekking at high altitude. I'm really beginning to appreciate how my body is adjusting to the extra exercise I am putting myself through in order to build up that physical resilience. And it's little things, it doesn't have to be anything big. Little things that add up, that really help you to see what is good in life. And if you'd like to have a little bit of direction, I, Nada, I do actually have a seven-day um, gratitude program called Worry Less, More Peace in Seven Days that's coming up in June. Oh. <laughs> that is absolutely for free and it's online. And um, but past that, I do also have um, a seven-week gratitude awakening program. And uh, that is lovely. We're talking maybe 15 minutes a day. Mm. And again, it's all online. So, you know, people can just ease their way into it and notice um, as the weeks go along how their life is changing. I've had some really, really lovely testimonials from it. So, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. And Suzanne, we will absolutely get, um, so the worry less in seven days and then the seven week gratitude program, we will have that information on the show notes. So people will be able to get to those and have no problem finding them and signing up for that because, and I've listened to, to your meditations, you have one of the most engaging, change your physiological state voices that pulls you into a deep meditation better than, I mean, I've done a lot of different uh, guided meditations, a lot of different um, people speaking through a meditation. And it's like, okay, like that was just disruptive. And you pull people in, in such a beautiful way. So I highly recommend that. And I have signed up for the worry less in seven days. Oh. So yes, so I am going to be part of that. But one of the things that I, w- I wanted to share, and we're going to start bringing this in for a landing. And, and before we come into a landing, first, I want to no, would you be willing to come back and do a part two? Because there are so many things that I didn't get to with you that I really, really want to talk to you about. Um, would you be willing to come back and do a part two? 
I would love to. Thank you so much for asking. Oh, awesome. Yes. My pleasure. Ah, yeah, because there are so many things that that I really want to talk to you about, and we're just not going to be able to fit it all into this one show. But as you're talking about gratitude in that, so if you're in a car and you're driving and just finding the little things that make you happy, and there's sometimes when you're in such a mood, it's like, screw the little things that make me happy. I'm pissed off. I just, oh, I just hate everything about everything today. And I believe if we just engage in that and just, let me just give it a shot. Let me just try it for five minutes. Let me for five minutes, see if I can find something that's nice, something that brings me joy to look at out my window or to listen to while I'm driving or to hear the music playing or to hear that audio book or whatever it happens to be. And as you spoke of that, it reminded me, I forgot all about this. This morning I had an acupuncture treatment I had to travel for. It's not, it's maybe 30 minutes away from here, but it was pouring down rain and the traffic, I watched the news to see how bad the traffic was going to be because I was doing this at rush hours. Like it's going to take me almost triple the time to get there. And I was so angry and I thought, no, what is happening here? And I immediately started wanting to go down to that place, like just that natural low vibration. Why did I say I would do this? This is crazy. I hate this rain. Like, right? Blah, blah, blah. You get into this huge spiral downward and you find everything in the world that you hate. And then it, it just like, being because I've practiced this enough times that hopefully I'm going to get the being. Sometimes it's a hammer, but I got the being that <laughs> you have that audiobook you're listening to. Play the audio book. You're going to be on the road for an hour and a half, anyways. So you might as well just listen to the audiobook and enjoy. And everything shifted. You can just feel your whole body just release. And it's one of the things I want to talk to you about too, because you talk about this often, the let go, let God. And it was that feeling as soon as I said, listen to the audiobook, and you can feel that let go. And the whole yes. body, it releases that chokehold. It's like a chokehold on your heart. And it just yes. releases that. And the blood flows, your intuition is back. You can think clearly. And literally, it's like you just fall into this place of peace. So those words of wisdom that you share, just finding those little things and not giving up. And the other part that I want to make sure that I mention is when you were said, it's an accumulative effect and it's the consistency. So we're consistent when we want to be angry about something and finding that thing to reinforce why I'm angry about that situation, but we can completely shift that and use that consistency and reinforcing, oh, well, this is a good day because, or this is a good event because when we're changing our perspective and looking at this whole thing differently, I love those two that you said, that changing the focus, the accumulative effect, and the consistency of working through are the big game changers with gratitude and just with life. Um, Absolutely. I mean, you know, I do most mornings and I, I admit I don't do it every single morning, but most mornings I do write in my journal. Mm. So I do have a journal by my bedside. And, you know, when I wake up, I tend to, I have a blind, so, you know, it's a roller blind. I pull that up so that the, the light comes in and I can see whatever is out there, whether it's sunshine, um, you know, gray skies, whatever. Um, I just, I just see out of the window and it immediately connects me 
with nature outside. And that for me is really important. Now, you know, other people may not have that connection, but I do that and I open the window so that I can hear the birds, for instance. Now you might be in a part of the world that you don't hear the birds, but whatever it is, when you first wake up in the morning, if you do an act that connects you to something that is meaningful to you, that already shifts the emotion. That already shifts the focus to wanting to engage with the new day. And I think that is huge. So I then have this, you know, this desire then to pick up my book and literally start by writing good morning world or good morning new day. And as I'm doing it, I smile. And as I'm smiling, that already begins to change the chemicals in my body. Anybody just try it, just literally sit there. Even if you have to force a smile, Mm -hmm. the actual physical act of smiling begins to change things within your body and smile with your eyes as well and look at something that can bring you joy and notice how the whole energy inside of you begins to shift and you'll have something you want to write in your book and you know this is it might even be something creative write a few rhyming words. Right, right. (laughs) You know, and as you say that about smiling, Suzanne, I forgot about this. I was listening to Tony Robbins. Oh, this was so long, maybe, maybe 20 years ago. It was a while ago. And he was speaking of a study that was done. I don't remember the details of it. And I'll have to see if I can find the details and I'll bring it back for part two. So people can do the research and find that study if they would like. But that was exactly what they did. They took people who were clinically depressed and part, mm-hmm. have you heard this, that study where they, they had to stand in front of a mirror and smile. They just had to stand in front of a mirror and smile and fake it. They're depressed. They, they're not feeling yeah. good, but they just forced themselves. It was part of the study and part of this therapy, forced the, the smile and just continue to smile and smile and smile. And they found in that study, I believe, I mean, the numbers were astronomically high, like 95% or 97% of the people that participated in that study, their levels of oxytocin and all the feel-good hormones increased. It had just smiling, and they had them do it in front of a mirror in the study, but just the act of smiling completely changed their their, their physiology to the extent where it was so much stronger, the, the physiological response was so much stronger than any Prozac or any antidepressant medication that you could take because we have our own pharmacy built yes. in with us. And yes. how it's crazy to me when we think we have everything, we are a little miniature universe with legs walking around. <laughs> And we walk around like schlep rock with these huge clouds that we have put over ourselves. And, and sometimes it's just a hard, because I know I, I get myself into that too. And I have to remind myself and pull myself out of that, reminding myself that the simple act of just smiling literally will change the chemicals in my body. I mean, it's proven you do blood tests, you do saliva tests, and the actual neurochemicals in your body completely change just 
from smiling even when you don't mean it. Yes. But then you can't help but feel better because you've just loaded your body up with feel-good hormones. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I just love that. And it's um, one of my little uh, slogans, really, is uh, to bring a smile to every person that I meet in the world. So, you know, whether it's online or in person, hey, one of these days, It'll be 10 million people. Who knows? Maybe it'll even be more. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, Suzanne, I could talk to you forever and this podcast could go on for four more hours. So I'm going to, I'm going to bring this in and then we're going to come back. We're going to do a part two of this. And for the listeners, and we will have this in the show notes, but could you tell us the best way to get in touch with you? The best way I would say is to look up the energizeme.co.uk. Now, the Energize Me is the name of my business. That's Energize with a Z. And it's all as one word. And uh, the ending is .co.uk. So at the moment, I will say my website is being rebuilt, but there are some links that will get you through to me if you just follow, follow those links. Okay. Okay, awesome. And I will have that information on the show notes as well as the worry less in seven days and the seven, am I saying that right? Worry less in seven days? Less worry, more peace. That's it. Less worry, more peace in seven days. Less worry, more peace in seven days. And that yes. information will be on the show notes because that starts off June 10th. Okay, perfect. Perfect. All right. And then we'll get the seven week gratitude program on there too. So Suzanne, I adore you. I love talking to you. I can listen to you forever, partially because of the accent, partially because of the wisdom, partially because of your energy. It's just, you're the whole package. I just, I love it. I adore you. The moment I met you, I knew that you and I would be forever friends. And I am so grateful that we are and we have stayed in touch and for the technology that we can do this, that I can see you, that I can talk to you, even though you are only a mere six hours away from me. So it makes it very difficult on your end, but um, I'm just grateful. And thank you so very much for giving your precious time to be here and sharing your wisdom with myself and with the listeners. Oh, bless you, Nada. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, I really do look forward to chatting with you again. This is Yes, fun. it's wonderful. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, all right, Suzanne, thank you so very much. Um, we will come back with a part two. We'll talk about that off air. And for all of the listeners, thank you very much for being with us today. And I know that you gleaned wonderful information from Suzanne. And we will be back with part two. Have a great rest of your week. Bye-bye. Thank you for spending time with us today. Please go to nadahogan.com for show notes and other information that you can use right away. If you like what you've heard here, please subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget to rate and review right there on iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. We'll see you next week.